Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast, I welcome my friend Ashley Long, who is both a yoga teacher and a physical therapist. Ashley became yoga certified with me in my first yoga teacher training over seven years ago and has since moved on to Philadelphia where she practices as a pelvic health specialist physical therapist. So she's in an orthopedic setting, but she is specializing in pelvic health. Today we discuss pelvic health and we are both mystified by the, um, not lack of information, but the, the lack of dialogue around pelvic health. And we're hoping, and she's really hoping, to pioneer a movement and discussion about pelvic health for everyone. Anyone that has a pelvis needs to tune in and listen to this podcast with Ashley. Welcome, Ashley Long. Hi. I'm so glad to have you here today. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk. Yay. <laughs> So, um, Ashley, can you? I've I've already given a little intro about uh, how we've met and everything, but mm-hmm. I want to hear all about you, and I want people to know about you. Okay. So let's just backtrack to the um, time when you came to teacher training. What made you decide to do yoga teacher training? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Seven years ago. So I was looking in the area. I was going to undergraduate at the College of New Jersey. And I was looking for a studio. I hadn't really been anywhere. And I came to your studio and I I just honestly immediately felt at home. I interacted with you and I felt that you just had so much knowledge and so much confidence. And I was like, this is the person that I want to be my yoga mentor. Mm-hmm. This is the person that not only do they exude confidence in yoga, but in life. And they carry just like this air, this positive air about them. And I'm like, I just want to spend more time. and time with you and expand my yoga knowledge. And I was like, this is it. So that's, that's how I got there. Oh my gosh. Just I'm going to cry right away. I know. <laughs> so lucky. Yeah. We're both lucky. And yeah. so, so you had been interested in yoga oh, and you had been interested in, had you had already decided on physical therapy school at that time, or did that come later? I had not. You were actually my inspiration oh my for God, that. I didn't, I didn't think I did. 
I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I'm not just paying her to <laughs> no, say no, all no. these things. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, yeah. so then, okay, so you decided to do physical therapy then. Yeah, yeah. Oh I my God, working towards amazing. That. So mm-hmm. actually I get questions a lot on social media and in emails and people will say, oh, I love the way you teach and I love your style. And I now know that I'd love to be a physical therapist, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do it or if it's, you know, it, it would like I'm doing something else right now. One person was a lawyer. One uh, There's business people that have asked, you know, they, they're just kind of already doing something. And so I think you're a great example of, even though you discovered it earlier than they did, it's like, it go for what your instincts are. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. it's a great field. Yes, it's a great field. And the integration of yoga with physical therapy, I remember you talking about how it's seamless. And now in practice, I see it, I apply it and people love it. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is, it's so, we could go on so many tangents here, mm-hmm. but there is one thing like people often ask me like, so do you, how do you merge your yoga and physical therapy? Like physical therapists will write me and uh, they'll say, so do you do you treat patients and then do you teach yoga? And I'm like, well, I kind of, it all, yeah, like you said, it just seamlessly fits together. Right. And um, I think that I don't look at, I look at a person as a person, not as necessarily a patient or a client or a student, mm-hmm. but somebody who I can hopefully help move better and feel better. Right. You know, and so then, all right. So then you went on to become a physical therapist. You got your yes. DPT, yes. which is not an easy thing to do. And you are, have now been practicing and you've specialized in the pelvic floor. Yes. So yeah. I just want to clarify for our listeners, mm-hmm. certified in pelvic health okay, and working toward my specialty in pelvic health. Got just it. to clarify. That's, that's yeah. right. Okay. So you, the, what was the first part? You, hmm. you are, it, you're, that's what your, your interest is in pelvic health and right. now you're working on your certification. No, I am certified. You are certified. But the specialty is additional training, additional yes. hours, exams. So I'm working toward that. You know, that's because I was thinking about it because mm-hmm. I obviously started PT 25 years ago. Yes. And so I became certified also in neurodevelopmental and, but we didn't have to do the stuff that you guys have to. We, I mean, we did the hours. I did two right. months of training and it was very intense and amazing. And we did a test there. Right. So we got Bobath NINDT certified, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like an APTA thing. So it's right. definitely, I will say for DPTs out there, it's a, it's a very rigorous thing oh, yes. to be able to go. And so she, Ashley's going beyond her doctorate and is now getting this extensive certification and process. So yeah. Great. Well, tell us. So, what? First of all, how did you become interested in the pelvic pelvic health? I, I say pelvic floor, pelvic health. Sure. So, it all honestly it all goes back to the breath. With mm-hmm. diaphragmatic breathing, it's some and meditation. You always tap into the root. And I remember when I was learning yoga, I was like, okay, what is this place of energy? What is this place of energy in the abdomen? What happens when energy gets stuck and when I went into practice as a PT, when we were talking about the pelvis, it was always the glutes, which are, you know, huge movers and shakers, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have the abdominals and then we have the low back stabilizers. But what's what else is going on there? Yeah. What's the missing, what's the missing piece? And it's the pelvic floor musculature. And I just saw this gap, not only in pra- in practice, but like standard of care and what PTs talk about. So I wanted to educate myself more. And 
the more I started learning, the more my interest cultivated. And I realized how much of a gap there is and how many people are unfortunately suffering from things that they don't know that this isn't normal. This is common. You can get help for this. So I wanted to be the person to bring that education and start helping that population and mm-hmm. also integrate it just into my ortho, my ortho practice because the pelvis, that's orthopedic. So I just wanted to open up a dialogue about it. So that's where it all started. I love that. And so for those who are um, interested in anatomy or even maybe don't know you're interested in anatomy, can you give us a little pelvic anatomy 101? Sure. Yeah. So let's talk, let's start here. Let's start with talking about, let's talk about the pelvic and thoracic diaphragms. Is that an okay place to start? Amazing. Okay, great. So when we think of a diaphragm, often oftentimes people think of singers, right? Sing with your diaphragm. It sits right under the ribs. When you take a diaphragmatic breath, you feel the belly expand. The diaphragm goes down. What people don't often know is that there's a thoracic diaphragm and a pelvic diaphragm that descends with the thoracic diaphragm. So your, your torso is almost like this canister that moves up and down as you breathe. Um, the pelvic diaphragm, there are three layers of musculature, superficial to deep functioning in support, sphincteric, uh, sexual, and also, yeah, lymph pumping, like the pumping of Mm. fluids throughout. So those muscles, not only, so they move with the thoracic diaphragm and they provide support to the pelvis. They provide support to the organs that sit above it. If we think about, if we segue to thinking about a hammock, right? Two Mm -hmm. trees, the pelvic floor is the hammock that holds the pelvic organs up. If those, if those muscles in, in any way are slackened or are what's called upregulated, very tight, they can provide adequate support and manage the pressure within your body. So that's where we get a lot of dysfunction from. Wow. Wow. So what I, what I'm, I'm going to go from there just to add on to that for people that are understanding this, I hope, um, is that when you breathe, your breath, um, goes up into the thoracic diaphragm but the pressure of the movement of the diaphragm actually push, puts pressure down into the pelvic diaphragm. And, and that hammock is kind of catching that pressure so that you, you know, aren't leaking things and whatever. So, so it, it, there's, it's like sealing the bottom of, if you look at a pelvic, uh, as a, the pelvic skeleton, there's a lot of holes there. And essentially the pelvic floor is filling in those holes and holding in important organs but it, like you said, it's holding in, it has um, the sphincter type aspects to it. So how we aren't just going to pee in our pants or whatever. And then, and then it's holding our sexual organs and it is holding the exchange of energy and volume, volume pressure that happens with breath. So super fundamental, but, but complex. And as you said, it's so fascinating because it's not talked about. And I think it's because it's like in the sexual area, you know, right. so, taboo, let's taboo. not talk so about like, it. The pelvic floor, right. okay, everybody's got it or the pelvic, you know, anatomy, everybody's got it and it's got to be functioning. But if it's not, let's, we're not going to really, we'll, we'll give you some Kegels and, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, I, I, I can see why it's such a um, wonderful area to go into because there is this gap of information and knowledge. And uh, what would you say would be the kind of the biggest misunderstandings about the pelvic 
anatomy and the pelvic floor. So I would say the biggest misunderstanding is that the pelvic floor does not move. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people think of their pelvis as static. They don't really see as it that it moves dynamically. It lifts, it elevates, it descends. It's it's moving as you breathe, as you run, as you walk all the time. I feel like people just, like how you kind of touched on it before, it's this taboo area, so let's not talk about it. It's a set of muscles, just like if you're bicep and your tricep. And if you want to be a strong athlete, if you want to do any activity, if you want to be well with in yourself, if you want to advance your practice, it's something that you need to address. And I think the next misconception is that we just need to be doing Kegels all the time. (laughs) So Kegels are a wonderful exercise, do not get me wrong, but people often do them incorrectly. And as a PT, uh, it's not always appropriate for a person to be doing Kegels. Uh, There's no muscle in the body that's supposed to be concentric, so shortening, contracting all the time. But sometimes people will think, oh, I got a Kegel and will just upregulate their whole body. Upregulation means that kind of like fight or flight. You're in that, you're in that flight phase, like, whoop. and that can cause a lot of dysfunction. So I just don't like people to get attached to the idea of Kegels. I mean, see your OBGYN, see a pelvic health physical therapist. Um, but I don't like people to be doing an exercise because it's very much in the media. Right. Like I should be doing this. It's like, no, you should. If you think that there is a dysfunction, be evaluated by a professional. Yes. Definitely. And what would you say in terms of, I mean, the Kegels, again, I, are, are contracting around the urethra itself mm-hmm. to, to hold. Um, so all the muscles that come around there, they're trying to kind of hold it, but it is it has an impact because all this fabric is connected. So what would be a better alternative for people who want to maintain that sense of readiness and muscle tone Mm. without overly being aggressive, maybe even targeting other areas that aren't right there um, in the base of the pelvis? What would you, what do you give as recommendations? um, I tell everyone, start with your breath. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes with diaphragmatic breath, when people are trying to belly breathe, they breathe very much out. So the belly expands toward the ceiling and it's not wrong. It's a wonderful place to start, but diaphragmatic breathing is circumferential. Mm -hmm. You breathe into the belly, you breathe into the back of the ribs, and that just helps facilitate movement of the pelvic floor. So you're really just working on your breathing and coordination of those two diaphragms. Um, So that's where I start absolutely everybody that wants to work on stronger abdominals, stronger stronger runner. You need yeah. to be able to breathe and to coordinate everything or else you're just missing a piece of the puzzle. The, mm-hmm. the pelvic floor is truly the floor of the core. So if you are constantly doing crunches, doing crunches, you know, I, I say every exercise has its place, right? Yeah. But yeah. you're missing a key piece if that pressure isn't being regulated. So mm-hmm. good step one. I love that. Breathing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was one reason I started because I had a, a, a weakened pelvic floor thing many, many years ago. And it was kind of around the same time I was doing NDT because with NDT training, the neurodevelopmental training there and working with stroke patients, there's a lot of nervous system disruption with incontinence and all that. So there's, there was a lot of benefit for not only understanding and getting the, the core muscles to work and core meaning everything, including scapula stabilizers. What I would do, um, that's when I started doing a lot of adductor stuff mm. to 
because the adductors connect to the pubic bone and then those share fascial connections to the, some of the uh, pelvic floor muscles, I found that one of my patient's um, wives told me, you know, when we do that, he's telling me like he's so much, he under he can feel now and is getting more in contact with that sense of needing to go to the bathroom. This right. was a male. So right. we'll talk about that in a minute. But right. but that's when I started incorporating it in my yoga practice too. Uh, that like bridge with a block and feeling that the adductors come right up. So I, I don't necessarily say, hey guys, we're working the pelvic muscles, which isn't, I'm, I'm, I'm leading to the tab. I'm leading, I'm contributing to it by not necessarily talking about it. I do talk about the pelvic floor a lot in yes. my practice, so I'm not afraid to say it, but I think that there's ways of doing it, like you said, with breath and with integrated core activity where you're getting it involved and understanding how it isn't like, you're not just holding it in this like fist-like state all the time. Right. Because I've also seen people who have had issues with going to the bathroom, meaning like they feel like they have to go many, many times a day because they've been like, yeah, like their, their abs are so tight. They're rigid, rigid, rigid. And they're just, it ends up, they're probably just holding the pelvic floor in concentric contraction all the time. So if you're somebody out there that notices like you have to pee a lot, I mean, this is one thing, obviously don't just take my, uh, you know, this is one of several things it could be, but don't discount if you've also like just work, work, work all the time, tighten the abdominals and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze like you're doing Kegels. And that will be, be disruptive because you can't empty your bladder fully. Your, your pelvic floor isn't allowing that um, downward action of you know urine to be able to descend and, and come out because you're overly gripping. Have you found that in your practice with people? I've seen that. And I've also seen knowing that the the viscera are very intelligent. If the bladder, if you are going to the bathroom many, many times a day, the bladder is going to say, oh, I'm half full. Okay. It's time to go to the bathroom and, and reinterpreting not fullness to be fullness. So in pelvic health physical therapy, it's a lot of retraining to kind of that mind-body connection of reteaching the organs that, okay, the bladder is half full don't need to go to the bathroom. So there's a lot, there's a, I always tell people it's a lot of the mind in addition to the body. There's upregulation in pelvic health physical therapy and downregulation, whether it's the quieting of the nervous system or the nervous system needs a little more stimulation. So yeah, I have seen things like so that. So you see, do you see both. You don't, I do. is one more common than the other or is it just kind of equal? I would say, I would say in a way people People need both, but mm-hmm. oftentimes the down, oftentimes what I see is a down regulation is necessary first because the nervous system is so excited. It's so, it's so, mm, how do I say, like holding a lot of tension, emotion, whether that be emotional tension, physical tension, that that needs to be rectified before you can do upregulation. Because, and I mentioned this before, if you have a muscle that's very shortened, you, you don't want to go right into shortening it even more because you're not going to get the full strength of it. Uh, you can't do a bicep keeping your like fist very close to your shoulder and constantly doing reps there. It's not going to do anything. It could even cause more dysfunction. So in, in that same vein, you want to work on the elongation, the contraction, reprodu- um, reestablishing that length tension relationship. So Everybody needs a little bit of both is what I would say. That Inter- I see. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. So would you say people's anxiety is related? Like when, if somebody is more anxious, are they more likely to have pelvic tone dysfunction? 
I would say psychological diagnoses definitely play a role. And oftentimes the, it is anxiety about whether they're going to make it to the bathroom, whether they're Mm -hmm. going to be able to have intercourse with their partner pain-free. It's, it's a lot of these anticipatory pain patterns that the brain, the brain learns that, oh, this is a, this is a harmful stimuli. I'm going to respond by sending a pain response to the pelvis and everything upregulates, tightens, contracts, and that could be a huge source of pain for people. So yes, definitely in a way. Wow. This is so fascinating. So when you, um, cause like, I think when people think of the pelvic floor, they think of either peeing or having sex. And it's like, right. is, <laughs> I mean, are those two big categories that you're of, of, of issues or mouth dysfunctions that you're dealing with? Primarily, would you say? I would say it's about 50% because I also see um, a lot of abdominal surgeries. Because, mm. mm-hmm. So, so post-abdominal surgery yes. and having having pelvic floor dysfunction. Yes. Wow. Definitely. So can you give an example of that? Sure. So um, a good example would be a cesarean section. So mm. when a C-section is done, it is often about seven cuts. And it goes through layers of skin, fat, fascia, um, a separation of the um, abdominals to get to the uterus and the amniotic sac, right? So that's major surgery. Yeah. That's a lot of scar tissue. And that scar tissue can get bound down. And I've seen that can cause a lot of dysfunction. It can adhere to the bladder, start adhering to like the TRA. It just becomes... This source. Can you say what the TRA oh, sorry, is? Sorry, yes, the for transverse the, for abdominal the, yeah, for the non. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. So the lowest part of your abs. So you know, I'll see um, a lack of coordination and the ability to contract because there's a lot of scar tissue, mm. and maybe that needs to be worked out first in order for someone to contract the abdominals to contract the pelvic floor. So also just uh, like. Appendix scars, uh, gallbladder removal surgery, lap- laparoscopies, like small incisions made into the abdomen have a huge effect on the ability to coordinate contraction of the abdominals, which you need to do when you exhale. Internal obliques come in, they, and with that comes the transverse abdominis, the pelvic floor lifts, they're all synergists. So if you, synergist meaning one thing happens, another another happens, they work yeah. together. Uh, so if you have a key player of the team not doing their job, then there's going to be some dysfunction. The body's very smart. It's going to figure out, okay, this isn't working. I'll develop another motor pattern. And the body's always smart in the moment, but long-term down the line, it can cause some issues. I, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I didn't have C-sections, but you know, I think those of us who had vaginal birth think, well, we have a different set of issues, or not issues, but possible, uh, you know, not, what's the word? I mean, we gave birth, so it's there's usually something that can can result from that. Fortunately, knock on wood, I didn't really have anything. Um, but, but I think women that have vaginal births think about like, oh, we have vaginal tearing. We could have issues with Kegel. I mean, not Kegel, uh, pelvic floor. Um, but really, you think of like the people that have C-sections as they just have a longer recovery, but they don't have to ha- worry about all the stuff that happens down in the VJJ. Right. right. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. And- you're, you're saying this is something that I didn't even kind of recognize that right. the scar, because also they're, they're on rest essentially. Right. So you're not using your abdominals, your abdominals mm-hmm. have been stretched out. Then when they're healing and possibly scarring and you're not using them, you're probably not breathing as well. And yeah, the postpartum stage for moms can be a really tough time for 
fit coordinated effort and you're also not sleeping and right. there's a lot that goes a into lot. it. Yeah, it's so- a lot of physical and emotional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, I've made it my mission just to, for both my uh, like clients who are peripartum, like within pregnancy and postpartum, just opening the dialogue, like yeah. talking about this, it, whether something is normal, quote unquote, normal or not, or quote unquote, just to deal with it. Like it's not normal to jump and leak urine. I want to dispel that right now because that's just telling you, ooh, there's some lack of coordination in my thorax, something with the breath, something with the pressure system. Maybe that should be something you should go see your OB, your MD, and pelvic health physical therapy um, because you don't want that to lead to problems down the line. So it's just, it's about opening up to ask these questions because I feel like people don't ask them. I agree. And I think women in particular, I think we have, it must be in our DNA Mm -hmm. to just like deal with situations, right? right? I mean, we are the badass gender. Yeah. I love you males too, but (laughs) you know, like carrying a baby, carrying on. And there's a lot that we just do and, and just deal with and don't necessarily talk about or complain about. And just then assume that everybody is dealing with this. Like, right. oh, it, everybody deals with, as I do jumping jacks, I'm leaking urine. Or if I have sex, it hurts, right. you know? And I think those are, so this is a big calling to all the women out there that if you have any kind of pelvic um, anatomical dysfunction that is resulting in pain with intercourse, leaking urine, not being able to go fully and um, go, going to the bathroom multiple times a day, you should you should obviously see a doctor because we're going to say that, but sometimes it's even better <laughs> to see the physical therapist right away who specializes in, in, um, in pelvic health. So that was actually one, I got that question a lot is what happens when I'm running or exercising and there's little mm-hmm. leaks. Right. Or the big vaginal fart question, you know, the, mm. the what is it called? Queefing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who came up with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like, what would you say like that? I remember teaching yoga uh, early on and I had I had several clients who, you know, it, it had been years after they had had babies, but their babies were maybe toddlers. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, if I do that, those abs, sometimes I, there's like, air pockets that are coming mm-hmm. out. And I said, well, keep doing that, this work and using and working on your breath. Right. And little by little, they, it did help. So right. we were kind of going at it that way. Is that what you would, is that what you're giving um, in terms of somebody who would say like, I'm having like these vaginal like, sounds? Yeah. Or like gas, like flatulence, like that type two or well, something it's, different. It's, I think it's just out of the vagina. It's like, it's like air. That, it's like it's air. Like air it comes out and um, all of the mamas probably know what I'm talking about. Right. Because I think we've also had, a, it's been stretched. Right. And so it is coming together. And I think within that coming more together, there's going to be some pockets of air when you open the legs really quickly or in certain mm-hmm. poses. Right. And I would even say it could be a lack of management of the pressure. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the pressure. It's pressure. like literally air right. coming out. It, yeah. Pressure is always going to go through the path of least resistance, mm, you know, and that yeah. can manifest and if people like an, like a hernia, like people that have hernias, the hernia exits through the path of least resistance. As long as that's the abdominal wall, prolapse, the organ yeah. will exit through the path of least resistance. And that's the vaginal muscles, air, yes. path of least resistance. So just it kind of keys you into maybe something isn't in, the length tension relationship of the muscle, maybe is not ideal. There's a little Optimal. imbalance. Mm-hmm. I always talk about imbalance. I don't like to talk about weakness be, or tightness yeah. because oftentimes 
people correlate tightness with strength. Not so. Somebody, oh, I love that. This is know. what I talk about all the time. High yeah, five. I know. Yeah. We're on the same page. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, because people, re- it is very reductionist. It's like strength, weakness. And it's not, it's not that. It's the balance of it. It's the being able to, as like, if it is postpartum, that I think this tends to happen more, um, that it is creating that, you know, that everything is when it kind of sorts itself back out. And, 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 and in that time, you do want to, work on your strengthening for sure, or um, activation. And it's also, there is, I call it the twilight zone area. And I've always called it that for a lot of women, uh, that this pelvic area is just mm. disconnected from the head. So it's like an alternative universe. We're like, right. what's that you're talking about down there? <laughs> and it's like, it's funny. you know, it's really, yeah. and so that's I think another reason why I start with doing work, Definitely. working the core and getting the neutral pelvis and getting the understanding of like that whole area is where we are transporting and transmitting energy flow right. and we want it to be balanced. Exactly. Right? So it has the adaptability that you're not aggressively clinching it, but that it is able to hold the in energy, the air, the, the force that's coming, all that good stuff. So, okay. So what are some, and tell me some of the, cause I know people will ask this, what are the best exercises to do besides breathing? That like, so, cause there are going to be people like, okay, I'm going to work on my breath, but what else can I do? <laughs> so exercises I, that coordinate the system. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that mean? That means when you're breathing and you're doing a block squeeze. So if you're lying on your back with the knees bent, you're squeezing the block, you're getting your adductors to fire with your low abdominals, your pelvic floor, you're coordinating the system. Cause I like people when, when I see clients, like I like people to go stepwise, like let's develop that coordination. So my, my PSA to everybody would be when you're doing your prefer, preferred form of exercise, whatever that may be, can you tap into the breathing? Can you feel what's going on in your abdomen? Is there a sense of pelvic floor lift of descent? Um, so I guess in a nutshell, I would say like, so bridging with a block is a mm-hmm. good exercise to get everything coordinated. Absolutely. Um, I just am super picky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like to recommend exercises because I'll tell you like each person is different. Everyone's different. Yes, and the breathing is not always there. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a balsalva, like a huh, going to hold yes. the breath and then yes. I'm going to push through it. And that can be dangerous. Yeah. That can be really dangerous. But glutes, transverse abdominis, low abs, breathing, all those are excellent exercises, but also working on your scapular posture. Are you standing up straight? Are you walking around with your scapula pulled onto your back? Note that because if your diaphragm doesn't have room to move, you're not going to be able to develop that new like length tension relationship in the abdominals and in the pelvic floor musculature. So working on posture. Oh my God. Yeah. Posture is so important. And when people are like, oh, there is no optimal posture. I'm like, well, there's not a perfect, you know, like you check the box, but yeah, posture is really important because it's your, it's how everything is aligned, how everything's balanced, how everything is regulated. It is so important and and how the position you stay in the most is going to really, like you said, the body will figure out something else. I mean, in the last two days alone, I've had people come up and say, oh, I have pain here, pain here. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with where that pain is, quote unquote. Mm. It's your posture. Your neck is totally out of alignment. Mm-hmm. This is huge, of course, with all the forward head. But um, okay, before we go off on my posture, we, we both are posture pulpits. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Work on your posture. So what do you see for yourself in terms of 
Well, actually, before I go there, I want to say, like, what do you think of the tools that are sold for like the external, like put it in your vagina, <laughs> put it in your, like, what are you, what are the, like, are those good? Like, like dilators or uh, what are you talking about? Like I'm talking about the pelvic floor, like you hug around it, you put something oh, up in there. I've oh, seen oh, these. Like the cone weights, like weights, like yeah. vagina weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of tools There's a lot. Out there. There's, There's a there. lot. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what, I have a whole brochure. Yeah, yeah. But, so um, what tools are, what tools are helpful? What tools yeah. are just a crock of you know, not. <laughs> I always, I, I mean, I say they all have their place. It depends mm-hmm. on what you need. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't use the, I don't use the cone weights. I like people to tap into their own sense of like proprioception, like where they are in space and mm-hmm. be able to contract. Also there's dilators, wands that are for um like stretching um for like working on myofascial trigger points like within the vaginal vault but again these are all because i i can't emphasize enough to everybody please do not go out and purchase these see a healthcare practitioner because i don't want people using them the incorrect way yeah um because it's it it's different. It's, it's internal different. and you yeah, don't, and it's again, different. it's not something like yeah. you've got a million, you've got a right. million posts about or, or articles about. This is still an area that um, is not talked about enough no, and it yeah. is internal. So you don't want to just stick something there and, mm-hmm. and, and follow directions and not know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think what, so for, for women that are um, dealing with any kind of pain and in intercourse mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or like, or say, say a, a somebody who hasn't even had intercourse, but is mm-hmm. having a hard time putting a tampon in mm-hmm. like that kind of what, what are the things? I mean, again, I know it's like, if this is cookie cutter, you're it's multifactorial. I know your right. an- answer will be that, but yeah, your answer will be most likely go and see a pelvic floor. Yes. A pelvic I will also specialist. say though, I do encourage and, um, I do teach like a mindfulness meditation as part of treatment because it is down regulation, what's called physiological quieting. Oftentimes, oftentimes, if the nature of the pain with intercourse or the pain with product use has to do with the pelvic floor, like something else systemic isn't going on, there's an infection, et cetera, um, it's all been cleared and it's pelvic health appropriate, then usually, usually there's a fear base. The body has learned that something is painful. The tampon will be painful. The cup will be painful. And that causes upregulation of the nervous system. And everything kind of, kind of does that, like we, I talked about before, fight or flight, it's, it's, everything's going to tighten and it can be painful. Gripping, yeah. Right. So practicing breathing meditation is a great just way to tap into where your body is in space. How are you feeling? Are you able to just fully quiet your body? Mm, I mm-hmm. love that. And it's like going inside your own self and almost mapping out like where you want to uh find more space right you know like literally put because again our brain is so there's i mean it's so complex and so beautiful and it's so powerful so our thoughts are very very powerful in in terms of the actions they produce and in terms of the impact on the nervous system you know it's funny yesterday i was talking to somebody i was being interviewed about my form of yoga and it was it's always so complicated, but at the end of it, I just said, you know, in summary, what I'm really trying to do is help people balance their nervous system mm. so that they feel their best, feel most connected to um, what matters in in their values, in their heart, 
And when our nervous system is well balanced, we respond not only in our body well, Mm -hmm. we kind of know, like, we know how to move well. It's not something that every time I'm like, hinge at the hips, spine is long. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) we become just these more, it just becomes more automatic, but that automatic is not in terms of autopilot. It's just that our nervous system is so well balanced. We are responsive and not reactive and clear, like clear in our, in our actions and our movement. And I think that's this pelvic health is, is, is so much contributing to that because it, it, it's the center of the body, literally, you know, it's the, it's the base of uh, the pelvic floor. And metaphorically, for those of you from yoga people or people that aren't or interested in it, it's like from an energetic standpoint, this is the base of our energetic body and our place of stability and security and, and groundedness and feeling, you know, clear and yes. stable. So, hmm, well, um, so how do you want to bring this into your, like, what do you see yourself doing in five years, bringing this hmm. physical therapy and your yoga Yes. Um, because I know people in Philly, that's where you're living now. I know yes. you're not going to necessarily stay there forever, but like if people wanted to find you in Philly mm. or where, where do you, how do you see combining this? So teaching the style, mm. teaching our style maybe, right? Right, yeah. right. No, I am currently focusing right now. My focus is on advocacy and I'm trying to develop some programs. So some things are maybe coming up for those in Philly, like mm-hmm. where we just create a space where we can talk about this, like oh, talk about pelvic floor and talk about yoga. And this is a safe space to talk about these, about these topics that people are, don't always feel comfortable talking about. So those are down the pipeline, definitely. But eventually teaching, going back to teaching, yoga because I, I did teach yoga way back when. At my studio. Years. Yeah. Seven She's years ago. So, oh my gosh. So good too. I know. <laughs> but currently I, I mean, if I have clients um, at physical therapy that have an interest in yoga or fellow instructors, I does I take physical therapy exercise, yoga at quote unquote exercise. Like it's like we talked about before, it's seamless. It's movement, it's dynamic movement and stability. It's not just about flexibility. So just integrating that and continuing doing that and pursuing my specialty. Is where I'm going to go with it. Yay. I love that. I'm very excited. Um, So tell me, what do you see for yourself in 10 years? Like what, more more like um, energetically, like you Mm. want to be this advocate for women, but I also know so much about you. So I'd love for people to know, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Where do you want the world to be in 10 years? This is a big one in terms Mm. of movement. In terms of movement. Not even like physical movement, but the movement of like everything, civilization, humanity. Yeah. (laughs) Um, hmm. I would, I think my hope for people is to be kinder to themselves, Mm. kinder to themselves because give yourself a, give yourself a break. You're awesome. You know, like I, I get so sad, like when someone is just very down and whether it's because of pain or because of things in life, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young, but like I, I feel, I feel that no time should be wasted. So kindness toward each other, kindness toward animals, kindness to the environment. Uh, I just, I hope I can spread that message. And uh, 
Yeah, that's you are, exactly. Well, you already I are. Yeah, you so already are. Yeah. So do you have a website yet? Or are you developing one? Um, yeah. I don't have a website. How can people find you? Sure. Yeah. So currently I am in Philadelphia uh, at Excel Physical Therapy. You can find out more at excelphysicaltherapy.com. You can contact me. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Yeah. Instagram. Right your Instagram. Yeah. So Ashley Cat. I'm at Miss Ashley Cat on Instagram. Yeah. You can always like direct message me just with any questions. And yeah, so I, I'm, I'd be happy to just spread education about this. Like no question is a dumb question. We, we have to talk more about, we have to talk more about this. Absolutely. Definitely. And I should add, cause I can't believe I forgot this cause we're so like empowerment of women, but pelvic men have pelvic health, pelvic health as well. Oh yeah. And Do you have many male clients? A couple, a couple. And I just want to say everyone has a pelvis. Yeah. Non-binary. Like, yes. Yes. What, however you identify, like, I just, you know, want to be accepting that. of all, of all people, yes. of all people and, um, and provide treatment education for them. Um, but, but yes, I, I think that, um, talking about the pelvic floor with the male population, um, I mean, sometimes I meet resistance, sometimes I don't. It's just another area of the body, I explain. It's just another set of muscles. Males, males, females, uh, whether you ascribe to one or the other, people, all people have a pelvis. All people have a pelvic floor. So it needs to be treated just like the glute needs to be treated, just like the bicep needs to be treated. And we, we just need to talk about it more. And if you, I always tell people though, if you're not comfortable that talking about it, that's, that's okay. So that's, I talk about the pelvic floor <laughs> sometimes as like picking up a blueberry, like it's an elevator because like we just have to normalize it, have fun with it. It's not yeah. so serious. Yes. It's not so, it's not so taboo. It's not so serious. It's just muscles. Just muscles. Oh my God. I love that, Ashley. Well, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Yeah. And this My is just, pleasure. I know we'll ha- I'm sure we'll have a lot more questions. Please write me. If you have any questions to relate to Ashley, you know where to find her um, on social media and you can write me at Laura at movement by And just remember move well in all the ways in life. And this is a calling to like, be kind to yourself and talk about all the things. Don't be thinking that anything you're, you're alone in any of it. Cause you're not, we're, we're pulling for you. And sending lots of love and hugs. Yes.